Hi, this is Amber and welcome to today's podcast. The website is sacredspacehealing.org. That's sacredspacehealing.org. For those of you that know or don't know, I am a Reiki master and a shamanic practitioner. And my work is focused on core wound healing, life purpose work and intuitive coaching and fast track healing. The website again is sacredspacehealing.org. Thank you very much to everyone who listens in. As ever, my immense gratitude to you all. Thank you for all your messages of support and all your donations of support also. Um, I get asked what's the best way to support the podcasts, and there are a few ways. You can go to the website, click on the homepage. There's a drop-down menu with a donate button, and you can donate as much or as little as you feel called to. All the money goes straight back into creating more content for you. You can also share the link on social media to any podcasts that you've really enjoyed or you can leave a review on the iTunes podcast page. Um, As it's coming up to Christmas at this point, as I record this, December 2019, I'm also creating a funding page to raise as much money. I've got a target of £500 and I've already reached half of it. To raise as much money as possible to buy gift vouchers Um, to give out to the homeless here in the UK. So I will be putting a link up to that page on the website very soon. And one of the best ways that you could repay these podcasts, if they've assisted you at all, is just to put money into that page. And it means that when the new year starts and everyone kind of forgets about the homeless and forgets that they're still hungry and they're still out on the streets because Christmas is over, their money will have cleared through that um, funding page and I'll be able to get these gift cards out and just hand them out as I'm as I'm walking through London. Um, And of course, that's a great suggestion for any of you that that sometimes wonder, do I give money? Do I give food? You know, if you give a gift voucher, it means that whoever you give the voucher to can go into um, a a nearest coffee bar, coffee shop, you know, cafe, restaurant, whatever, um, and they can buy the meal that they want to buy. And if you put enough money on the card, then they can buy themselves maybe breakfast, lunch, and dinner that day. So... Um, Okay, so welcome to today's podcast. Um, Today's topic is friendship. And it's looking at the ties that you have in your life, that we have in our lives, and whether they serve us or not. I put something up about this on Instagram a few days previously. And and really, it's, you know, I think we're coming into, I mean, it's 2020, for goodness sake, you know, we're coming into a time now, as we have been for a very long time, but I mean, as things accelerate on our planet and as the world gets more and more disparate and and polarized in many ways, I think it's really, really important that we surround ourselves with people that nourish and nurture us. And that if we have people around us who don't nourish and nurture us, you know, who distract us, who put us down, who make us feel bad about ourselves, who belittle us, who bully us, whatever it is, that we cut those ties. I think often... There are, there are a few ways that we find ourselves in abusive relationships without even realizing it. And I'm going to run you through my realizations of what is an abusive relationship. And I have gathered these realizations through years of being in abusive relationships myself. Hard to believe. I'm a healer. I should have all the answers. But I think one of the things about being a healer and your sensitivity is that you you always automatically try and understand the other person's point of view. And in recent years, my perspective as a healer and a teacher has shifted and it's got to a place where I completely understand that someone else's journey is not my responsibility. And I think when I started out as a healer, I didn't get that. You know, I wanted to save the world as all healers do when we start out. And then you get a bit older and a bit more cynical 
but you just get wiser really and you realize that it, you just can't do that and what is really important is to ensure that the people around you are of the same vibration so some of these realizations are very personal and then some of them are the things that I've noticed in other people's dynamics and also in my clients dynamics and there's no particular order to them so I think um an abusive relationship for me is one in which we don't feel respected or valued or loved or heard. So it's one in which, it, let's just start with that, it's a feeling, right? It's a gut feeling that whenever you're with this person, this friend, you leave the encounter feeling worse in some way. Like maybe energetically you feel worse. Maybe you, you leave that evening out or that afternoon out or whatever and you come home and you feel really sick or your energy feels really low, or you feel really depressed, and you didn't when you left the house, you know, you didn't when you went to meet them. Or maybe you start having really negative thoughts about yourself. So maybe it's just a feeling. Maybe when you go to meet them, you actually get a sick feeling. You sort, you sort of get nervous, or you kind of dread it a little bit. Maybe when you're around them, you feel uncomfortable. You feel self-conscious. You just feel uncomfortable. You feel like you're tre treading on eggshells. You don't know what mood they're going to be in. Anything that's a feeling that doesn't feel great is a really good indicator that your higher self, your guts, your innate knowledge is telling you that something's not right about this dynamic. Unhealthy uh, relationship dynamics can also um, often include a lot of jealousy. And we sometimes excuse that in our friends because we love them. But any friend that is jealous of us isn't a friend. Like friendship asks that we have an unconditionality about our mate, about our friend, that we want the best for them. And we are human and there's times when we're going to get triggered and that's okay. But I think jealousy is an emotion that if we're awake and aware enough, it's something that we have to go away and work on ourselves by ourselves. It's not something that we project on others. I remember being friends with someone for a couple of years and we'd met, um, We'd met through work and we, we didn't really have that much in common. But when we re-met again, um, she was in a different place in her life. You know, she was on a spiritual journey. And I think we came together because, I mean, obviously because I loved her and I loved spending time with her. But I think we came together because she was seeking spiritual answers. And I had been so immersed in my spiritual world that I'd kind of lost touch with what it was like to just be an everyday person. And she helped me with that a lot. So we had a very mutually helpful relationship. And when I reconnected with her, um, I was in quite a vulnerable place. And she was in quite a powerful place. And then over the course of our... And by powerful, I mean that, you know, financially she was earning more than me. She had a career that was very glamorous. And she had, you know, a large friendship circle. And she was dating. And she had her own place. And... All of these things meant that when we first met, you know, I, I I was in a lesser position than her. I was earning less than her and I didn't have a glamorous job. And, you know, um, I was at the time, I remember being quite run down because I was doing so many healings. and I was working seven days a week and I was building up my healing practice. And it was a really challenging time for me. And so that's how we first met. And over the course of two years where we hung out quite a lot together, our fortunes changed she went in a completely different direction. She gave up her job. She was an actress and she decided to do something else. And she went into education and, and academia. And there was a huge kind of shift for her and in friendship circle. And it massively impacted her life. And I think she, 
she wasn't that then you know in relationships as in romantic relationships and so on and so forth and her earnings got less and my fortunes changed and I started doing more creative work and um I kind of you know expanded my world more because I was on that journey to sort of discover my creativity as well as my healing abilities and we continued to support each other and it felt really lovely for a while and then I started to notice that every time anything good happened for me like any time I you know, so I was dating and I was having a great time or I met a new friend or made a new friend or I had some kind of success in my writing, that her comments would be quite barred, um, barbed. You know, she would she would say stuff that felt quite insulting, um, quite kind of, put it, you know, putting me down. Um, often she would say to me, I'm really jealous of you. I wish I had what you had. And I noticed that those comments were coming more and more frequently. And it wasn't always coinciding with her having a downturn because sometimes things were going great in her life. But what I came to realize was that our dynamic worked when I was lower than her, as in it worked for her when I was lower than her. In my mind, I wanted her to be happy. And I didn't really care what she did. I didn't care whether she was famous, whether she was an academic, whether she had money, didn't have money. I just wanted her to be happy because I loved her. But in her mind, for me, it wasn't about that. As soon as I was happy, she felt that she no longer had a purpose in my in my life, that, that she couldn't sort of, you know, be there to rescue me. And I realized that our dynamic was based on me needing to be needy in order for her to feel important because because of her own unresolved issues, she surrounded herself with people who either took care of her and she played the victim, or she needed others who played the victim and she could take care of them. And so she never had really any equal relationships. And as our fortunes started to level out and we became equals, she became more and more uncomfortable with that. And it was a really, really tricky realization for me because I loved her. I genuinely loved her and I loved spending time with her. But after about two years of these comments coming at me and me not feeling great when I would leave my interactions with her, I eventually called it a day. And I respectfully and, and lovingly said, I think we're done. I think this just isn't working anymore. And so for me, the red flags were that when I was successful, it seemed to make her really unhappy. And that when I was unhappy, it seemed to make her happy. Now, you might say that's a massive red flag. And why did it take me so long to see it? And this is why I'm sharing this story is because we make a lot of excuses for the people that we love. And we put up with a lot of bad behavior that we wouldn't really put up with from strangers. So one of the other red flags that I'm kind of putting out there and flagging up for you is your friends should be happy for you. And you should feel and I know I'm using the should word and there are no shoulds. But I think in friendships and relationships, we need to have some baseline board boundaries. You know, some things that we say, these are our non-negotiables. And it's for you to decide what your non-negotiables are. But I'm suggesting that a non-negotiable is that your friends are happy for your successes, that they want the best for you, and that what you have is an equal, healthy dynamic, where both of you, all of you are allowed to thrive and grow and experiment and try new things. And you don't lose that connection. You don't suddenly lose respect for each other. Some of the greatest friendships that I've had and continue to have are those where I'm allowed to go off and do whatever I want to do and be whoever I want to be and I'm still unconditionally loved. I found that when I made the transition from being in the arts and then moving into healing, I lost a lot of friends because I wasn't the party girl anymore. I wasn't, you know, drinking and drugging and kind of, you know, staying up all night at lock-ins and parties and stuff. I was living a different life. 
and that they were friends in inverted commas who just didn't want to hang around with me because I wasn't fun in inverted commas anymore. But I also discovered who my true friends were and they were those that supported me, supported the fact that my life was in transition and that I was wishing to go in another direction and they're the ones that I valued and held onto and loved for dear life. So I think our friendships need to be nourishing and nurturing. And I think it it helps if, you know, in your friendships, you're, you're heading in the same direction. You know, it helps if you have some common um, beliefs that you bond over, whether it's politics or, you know, how you view the world or your spirituality. So if you find that you and your mates really have nothing in common anymore and that what you're holding on to are memories of the past, that this may not be the most fruitful relationship for you. Sometimes people remain in friendships because they were mates at school or you had that great experience together. You went on holiday together or, you know, you were at art school together, dance school, drama school, law school, you know, medical school, whatever it is. And you hold on to these friendships because you remember when you were 18, 16 and you got drunk and you got kicked out of that party. And you remember, you know, all of those experiences that you had. But actually, you no longer have anything in common and you spend a lot of your time talking about the past. I think it's important that friendships are are our support network for moving forwards, for growing. And if you find that you're forever looking back in your friendships, it might be that this friendship has just gone past its sell-by date. Obvious things to bring up in terms of healthy friendships are, you know, neither of you should be trying to steal the other's partner, neither of you should be trying to steal the other's job, and neither of you should be betraying each other's secrets. So giving the example of this same friend, when I knew that it was over, um, I'll share a story with you. We met up for a tea And um, I had noticed for a period of time that she often told me very personal things about other friends in her life. And I initially found this really flattering because I felt like I was the chosen one. And somehow I was her special friend and she told me all this stuff about all her other friends um, because I was special. And that was my own ego and my own insecurities getting in the way. So we're meeting and we're having this tea and she's telling me some really deeply personal stuff about someone who lived with her. I mean, really deeply personal stuff that if, you know, if someone had done that to me, I'd be mortified that this stuff was being told to a stranger. And in the middle of the story, I stopped her and said, you know what, I actually don't really want to hear that because you're telling me something really personal about them. I said, does does this person know that you talk about them like this when they're not around? And she said, no. And I said, I want to ask you a question. Do you do this about me? There's a lot of really personal things I've told you about myself that I would never expect you and I would hate for you to tell anyone else have you been telling your other friends she couldn't look me in the eye she looked down and she couldn't answer me and she said well I've only ever done it with love you know she kind of gave a blustered response and I said well please 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 don't ever do that again what I tell you I tell you in complete confidence it's between me and you it's not between me you and your extended circle of friends who then go and tell other people people that I don't even know I see that as a deep betrayal Um, we carried on our conversation and we had a laugh and we had a lovely time. And then the next time we spoke, she said to me, I thought really long and hard about what you said. And I'm sorry that I've done that. And it is actually something that I do. And it's a really bad habit. And I do it because I want to be liked and I want to have something interesting to share. But fundamentally, she made the realization that she did it because she didn't want to share deeply personal things about herself. And I had noticed that I had noticed that in our relationship, we were getting to a point where because she hadn't been doing the inner work and I was doing the inner work, 
um, I would share very deeply personal things about myself and then she would clam up because she'd never sort of talked about these things with anyone else, done a healing, seen a therapist. It was really hard for her. She felt to open up to me, of course, understandably. So to kind of redirect things, she would then share something deeply personal about a friend so that she felt that she was sharing something in the conversation. So me sort of saying to her, please don't betray my confidences, meant that she had an awareness about this. But it was a huge moment for me because I suddenly realized this isn't going to work. Like, I need to have a friend that I can open my heart to and know that they're not going to betray my confidence, that I'm not going to be gossip for the next cup of tea that they have with a friend. So, question, are your friendships sacred you know the stuff that you tell your mates are they then telling it to their other friends down the pub on friday night i have seen this so many times in friendship circles i have been privy to this so many times that you're having a conversation with someone and they start telling you really deeply personal stuff about their best mate and i'm thinking i don't even know your friends they haven't even met me and you've told me everything about their partner their childhood their bank account are you comfortable with that is the question I would ask and if you're not comfortable with that question this friendship question friendships that take you in a direction that don't feel healthy and by that I mean mates that you only ever seem to do a lot of drugs with or drink a lot with or you end up in you know bizarre but often hilarious situations that at some point in your life is going to start feeling like you're always on some kind of adventure with them but it's not an adventure that ends greatly you know we've all had those friends that it was the first time we did drugs with or it was the first time that we got really drunk with or the first time that we broke the law with but it's time I think we it's time to start as we get older especially reevaluating those friendships and how much are they serving you Question friendships where you feel that you are always the agony aunt or uncle, like you're the one that saves them, you're the one that listens to their problems. We all know this, we all know this person, you know, um, they'll ask us how we are and we'll start to tell them something and their eyes will glaze over because they're just waiting for the opportunity to speak about themselves and then they will talk at you or, you know, they'll ask you how you are and you might mention something and they'll completely change the conversation and bring it back to them. We've all known people like this. But question those friendships because does it feel fulfilling? And if it doesn't feel fulfilling, why are you putting up with that? Like, what are you getting out of that? I think we sometimes put up with abusive behavior in friendships for a number of reasons. We do it because we don't want to be alone. We do it because we're used to being abused, right? We're used to being at the receiving end of less than loving behavior. It's habit. We do it because we are doing a trade-off. So I won't have my needs met, but in return I get to be popular because I hang out with this popular group of people. Or I get to hang out with people that have money. Or I get to hang out with people that have influence. And I see that a lot, that people strategically choose friendships and inverted commas because their mate has a lot of money or their mate has influence. And in doing that, they just kind of suppress their own needs and desires. And if that's a choice, you have free will. But if it's not a choice and it's just coming into your recollection now, then question it. We do it because we don't think we deserve any better. And we think that this is as good as it gets. 
We do it because we think that we can't make any other friends because we feel that there's no one else out there in the world that can possibly understand us and that's not true. Primarily, I think people put up with unhealthy dynamics because they are terrified of being alone. But the moment you get comfortable with being, in inverted commas, alone and by yourself is the moment that you no longer seek out or put up with unhealthy dynamics. And in so doing, you transform your life because now when someone comes into your life, you pick and choose, do I want this energy in my life or not? And that is so much more healthy and enriching for you. Friendships, I feel, are those where we feel safe, we feel valued, we feel loved, we feel seen, we feel heard, where we support each other, where we grow together, where we laugh together, where we have a spiritual connection together, where we want to go out there and change the world together or do stuff in the world together. They should feel empowering and enriching. And if they feel less than I really think it's okay to start questioning and to start clearing. Even if that means you're left with one friend, that's okay. Because that one friendship is going to have more value than 20 friends who bring you down or get you drunk or tell you that you're never going to amount to anything or laugh at your dreams or talk about you behind your back. And even if you're left with no friendships and you feel like you're starting from scratch, that's better than being surrounded by people that are basically feeding off your energy. I often hear it with my clients a lot, a deep sense of loneliness, a deep sense of they'll never find friends, people don't understand them. And often it's because the amazing clients that I work with are really perceptive and sensitive and empathic and kind and tend to give more than they receive. And they just haven't lined up with those that value them. Often it's because they don't value themselves enough. And the moment we do the work and they raise their vibration and they get to understand how amazing they are, bang, someone pops up into their life who is the right vibration for them. But sometimes we have to create space for that. And that might, need, that might mean letting go of certain ties. With love, you know, doing your forgiveness work, letting go of those ties and knowing that in time that space will be filled with that which is in alignment with your truest self. The website is sacredspacehealing.org, that's sacredspacehealing.org. Wherever you may be on your journey, I wish you much joy, love, peace, abundance and happiness. Until the next time, so it is and so it shall be.